Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Hometown Headlines newscast. John Druckermiller at hometownheadlines.com. Thanking you for joining us today for the newscast and our rant of the day. Not a good day for news, that's for darn sure. Let's jump into it. Our top story today. Family and friends are mourning two sisters as the GBI investigates who dumped their bodies off the bypass below the Grizzard Park Recreation Area. We'll have continuing updates of this story throughout the day, and we have more coming up in our rant of the day in just a few minutes. Other news today, a fourth Bartow County resident has died this week, the 35th overall in the coronavirus pandemic. The state total is now at 1,517 positive tests now above 35,000 in Georgia. 752 have been diagnosed in Northwest Georgia. Rome Floyd Parks and Rec will open up all of its amenities today, or just about all the amenities. The farmer's market will start also on June 6th. The swim center and the Parker Center remain closed for right now. Also, the Justice Department has filed suit against Cedartown companies alleging housing discrimination against African-American applicants who, quote, are elderly or have a disability, end quote. Also, a reminder that C-130 flyover is set for this evening. About 620, 6:22, uh, we'll go over Redmond. We'll go over Floyd Medical Center. We'll have updates and reminders for you later on this evening. Other headlines today, Highlands, Georgia Highlands students are delivering the news via podcast. We'll talk about Rome High's Georgia Scholars. By the way, Georgia, Rome High will have its honors for its seniors today at 9 a.m. on Facebook. Please check that out on the Rome site Facebook page. Also, honors for a pre-K West End teacher. We're Mechanical Weather Center, mid to upper 80s now through Sunday. A slight chance of rain toward the end of the weekend. We are in for a real heat streak here. It'll be 80 or higher, maybe close to 90 for at least the next seven days. Obituaries today, we say farewell to Mr. Ronnie Bentley and Jeffrey Lee Quinn. We have public health restaurant inspection scores, including updates on the Fazoli's coming over to Cartersville, just about ready to open. They got a 100 in their pre-inspection score on Wednesday. Also, Crime Watch updates from Floyd, Bartow, and Polk counties. Truett's Chick-fil-A sports update, or Murchie's Whitney Sanford has signed on to play softball at Wesleyan. We'll talk about the turf change out underway at Barron Stadium. We have those games coming up. You don't forget the Corky Carroll uh, Classic is coming up in August at Barron Stadium once again this year. We have NFL and Falcons updates. Don't forget NASCAR cranks it back up this Sunday at Darlington and also the latest links to other sports news across the country. Okay, our rant of the day will headline this one to identify the victims or not. The evening hours are becoming anything but relaxing in this business. More nights than not, friends and tipsters have perhaps a slower pace, allowing them to reflect on the day and maybe share something they've heard. When the news day starts at 5 a.m., you can imagine we're not too keen on sending late-night texts or emails, except for last night, Wednesday night. One by one, friends began to share what they were hearing from the community from inside and outside official circles and also even from some teenage children. From business owners to community servants watching over those in need, each one offered perhaps one piece of thread that eventually led us to confirming the names of the two young women who were found murdered off the bypass near that bridge crossing the Etterall River earlier on Wednesday. The first tip was about a high school affiliation. Then we got the name, or a name we mispronounced or misidentified. Then more reaction from the always-on teen and young adult communities, 
Within an hour, we were reading and lamenting post after post on a very public Facebook page of one of the victims, Miss Vanita Richardson. Blended among the mixed comments of stunned and RIPs and very emotional raw language was a common question, why her? Further down the page was a picture taken on Mother's Day, perhaps showing what looks like to be Vanita and her sister, who also is dead now, Trevina Campbell, and yet another person as well. It became the photo atop Vanita's Facebook page the very next day, Monday evening. By Wednesday morning, her body and her sister's body were spotted by a state DOT crew doing maintenance work on the bridge crossing the wetlands and the river now near Grizzard Park. The challenge now for the GBI, which, by the way, surprisingly was brought into this case very early on, barely hours after the bodies were discovered, is to find out what happened between that Monday evening post and 11 a.m. Wednesday morning. The GBI call-up is a subject of a story we'll address on another day. But for us, it was a difficult challenge. The gruesome discovery shocked northwest Georgia. It knocked the governor's photo op tour of Floyd Medical Center right out of the news cycle of the day. Conjecture on what happened and why was rampant. Or to put it plainly, people were scared and went to bed Wednesday night not knowing exactly what was happening in their community. That, too, is a shame. As we've since learned, the victims' identities were known pretty much early into the investigation. Their families had been notified, and many of them were commenting freely on Facebook Wednesday evening. And yet, going to bed, the public knew very little about this unless they were part of a close-knit circle of family and friends on Facebook. We decided to sleep on this a bit ourselves, four, five, six hours, whatever, and we renewed our efforts to confirm the identities on this Thursday morning. We decided to post their names, breaking the so-called news protocol. We didn't have and we don't have normal confirmation from the authorities or a coroner or anyone else. Information was out there from officialdom, not available, shall we say. Once again, the officialdom was scooped by Facebook. We're not embracing that practice by any means. Too often, the high court of Facebook is dead wrong. But in a case where family and friends were using social media to eulogize their loved ones, the delay was, let's put this politely, unfortunate. The killer or killers obviously knew the victims. That's not something that is part of the investigative process. So we broke the rules, and likely we'll hear about it later on today. And we'll counter with this. The time has come for those involved in such cases to react at the speed of news itself. By all means, respect the family's wishes and their privacy. The community's urge to know cannot ever override that. But also remember the people shaken by one of the most gruesome cases in recent years, and we have had too many. Don't forget the dismemberment of the overdose victim found in Bartow County or even a year ago, January, when we had a mass shooting in Rockmart that left four dead. Some of this just needs to change. As for our practices, as we've learned in covering the coronavirus and related information for the last two and a half months, there are too many shortcomings out there, too many errors being made, too much information being held. Our policy is this. We're moving on and establishing different protocols. This is John Druckermiller at HometownHeadlines.com thanking you for joining us today. Continuing updates throughout the day on this story and many others as well. Don't forget to fly over tonight around 620. You probably want to be up there. Our guests would be over there by the levee across from the hospital. Probably the best view out there. We'll have continuing coverage for you out there. Weather should be perfect. As always, stay home, stay safe in Northwest Georgia.